Hello, my fantastic faction of followers, fans, and freaks of fun Fanacom yeah, festivities. I was wondering when I was going to fuck that up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ziploc Bob, one of the two hosts of Sequel Syndrome Podcast, a talk show where we talk about video games, their culture, and their design and ph philosophy, psychology, and all that wonderful stuff. Now I'm going to pass you over to our Master of Ceremonies, our supervisor of showmanship, the Zez. Two out of three, Bob. Two out of three. <laughs> Um, the uh, last one, I was like, mm, yeah. <laughs> you almost had it. Um, today, we are back with Super Couch Fighters. We are talking about fighting in story modes this time. Um, so, much like we did last time, guys, have you guys been playing anything different than you were last time at all? No, funnily enough, it's the same stuff. Also, <laughs> thank you once again for having us, man. Uh, what, you guys have, what have you guys been like playing on your... Uh... YouTube channel for those of you for our viewers who don't watch you. Santel, do you want to handle this one? Uh, on the YouTube right now, we're playing Absolver. Uh, we just started a playthrough of that. Uh, we just started, we're a couple episodes into Marvel Nemesis for the PlayStation 2. Rise of the Oh My God Why. Yeah, 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 yeah. We just ran into uh, Electric Boy who was real Southern, right? Brett, where was he from? I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, it was, it was a really strange thing. Here. Uh, he he's from Upper Central Redneckia. Okay, that, yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. He's from the Appalachians, I guess. Uh, we're playing uh some uh Falk in uh, Street Fighter Five. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're just uh the conclusion is just about to happen or real soon for the Pokémon tournament that we've been having at the uh, TOVG offices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're also, each and every week, we usually play uh, an old fighting game, uh, which we call Run It Back. And I don't remember, what did, we, what did we just last play? We played Backyard Wrestling not too long ago. Oh, awesome. Yeah, we can could, we could tell them the upcoming one. We're going to, what do we just do? We just did uh, a... Fire Pro Wrestling Returns. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's that's it's, it's a weird game. Yeah. Fire Pro is awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just wait a while. <laughs> Yeah, I I'm sorry, my my, the amount of like, oh, this 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 did not age well, and I don't think it didn't age well. It just wasn't good at the time. Was that backyard wrestling? Like as well, far you, as you, well, you no, I'm not talking about like the quality of the gameplay. I'm talking about like the like they were both like we're not playing any of these women characters like that just it just feels dirty i just like going into like the the kitchen and putting the guy's head in the fryer just <laughs> i didn't even know you could do that wow. right we yes, gotta play yeah. the game again i didn't get a chance to put anyone's head in a fryer we gotta play it again gonna have a sequel episode of that one <laughs> yeah like bring in dodger like you did with the uh the story mode for I'm sure she'd love that. Oh yeah, mommy, she's got a baby now. She can't let that baby see violent images like that. She can't come back. <laughs> oh, oh, come on! I, I saw stuff like that, and I came out. Never mind. It's <laughs> 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 like, wait a minute. <laughs> Let's do the math here, Dumbo. You had to go to how many therapists again? <laughs> Real talk, though. We appreciate you guys having us on, so thank you. Hey. We thank you guys for doing more than one episode to where we, to where if something happens, like, you know, if pollen's, if the pollen season winds me in the bed again for another week, I'm not like, oh my God, I gotta do, uh, 
<laughs> nope. I like I like having that buffer. Yeah, good call, man. Good call. But yeah, um, there was a couple things I did forget from last game. I did pick up a new roguelite, or from our last recording, and there was this roguelike that I picked up. Um, can I remember the name of it? But I will talk about the mechanics because. Honestly, the title doesn't matter if you can just talk about a game and have a good time. And the mechanics are very simple. How you get your character stronger is by, as you go through and repeatedly do stuff, die, do stuff, die, you'll get ore. Heroes of Hammerwatch? Yeah, Heroes of Hammerwatch. And with the ore, you buy... Uh, you upgrade the town and it's like, you know, you upgrade the person who sells you goods before you go in there that are, and whenever you get items, whenever you die, those items are gone unless it's some form of currency and only if you send it back to the town before you die. Hmm. So like what was really interesting is like, Oh, how, how do you unlock more of the skill tree? Isn't you have to level up to buy the slots, but to unlock the ability to buy the slots, you have to um, spend or to level up the Traders Guild or the Town Hall or the Church, to where you get more blessings and stuff like that. It's really interesting, and it's a twin stick shooter. Oh, fun! So, so those are always fun. Yeah, cool. Even, heck, I remember back in the day, Smash TV, that introduced me to that yeah. concept. Big money, big prizes. Yeah, good times. <sighs> now I don't need to watch Running Man again. <laughs> Smash TV was Running Man the game. Now, now you're speaking my language, man. I'll watch that movie all the time. Yes. What, ha- what happens in Running Man? Do you not remember Running Man? I don't. I don't know. I don't either remember it or I don't know if, I, if I've seen it. Centel, your homework for the day is to go yeah, <laughs> is watch Running Man well, the and then read I the got book. homework was to watch The Last Dragon, and that was great. So, okay, I'll add yeah. Running Man to the list. I mean, we're talking about the same era, actually, so give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. Is Running Man the one with uh, Dustin Hoffman? Where the no, it's a Schwarzenegger film. Pulls... Oh, okay, it's Schwarzenegger. Kind of the opposite. <laughs> no, no, it's no, no, no. It's not about a Nazi dentist. Okay, basically the overview is if you're a convicted convict, instead of going to prison, you do this game show to where you can get killed in it, right? And it's a dystopia future. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is the protagonist. Ta- no, I believe you're talking about Jason, uh, Jason Statham in the movie Death Race. I believe that is the same <laughs> premise of that movie. More or less, yeah. But see, they okay, actually cool. went okay, to cool. prison. You didn't have to take part in the death death race. Like the death race was a way to be free. Now this is like all prisoners. They go into the game shows, like some of the other shows in the universe. Is these guys would climb a rope and get money, but you'd have a floor that would move up at a set speed, and if you didn't climb the rope fast enough, you'd get um, you no, you'd get torn apart by the Doverner, Doverman pinchers on the floor. Also, there was spikes. Yeah, that was like in the first few seconds of the movie. 
Great. I'll watch it. You got it. I promise. Yeah, but th- this has a very like Robocopy feel with the dystopian future sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like that so- same sort of mindset been, of how messed up the world year. can be. It might have been the same year, too. Maybe. I think Running uh, Man was 86, and I think Robocop was 87. Maybe. <laughs> I've got enough. No, they're both 87. You got me, Pimp. You got me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, Google got you. <laughs> Wow, there's okay. a lot of good crap that came out of my birth year. What the heck happened to me? <laughs> uh, uh, that being said, uh, for our sponsors, our first round official sponsor, a hearty thank you to Gatherbot. Basically, I had to figure out a way to fund this that didn't involve me standing on the street corner saying, please, sir. Can can you put some change in the jar? So that, uh, um, uh, go ahead, Bob. So I, I referenced blood, but I was gonna blow it. So never mind. Uh, it's like I had and I lost it. Yep. <laughs> but basically, if you're watching this, you can use the free tip system to donate money, or to do, or you can actually do direct donations that where you actually pay money versus using free mobile games and that sort of stuff stuff to donate money and the great thing about it is i will actually get it on the fifth of the next month through paypal and if and if you're a streamer you're like well that sounds too good to be true well yeah they take a small percentage out of the back end and but the bonus to that is you know those chargebacks that some boys do that's all crappy to where they donate like five thousand dollars then take it back and now you're on the hook for whatever you spend of that plus a extra percentage yeah because they just want their name on the screen or whatever yeah this eliminates that because the money goes to opera events paypal and they will dispute that and they will and the banks tend to lean in their favor because they're an actual company good to know so, guys, it's free, and if you don't like certain features of it as a streamer, you can ter- you can use as many or as little as you want. So, our next one, Zez? Uh, we want to thank all of our subs. Um, if you have Twitch Prime, you can sub to the channel, any one of our channels, myself, Brett's, Bob's, um, with, your, with a free Twitch Prime sub once a month. Um, we also have a our charity of the month, StackUp.org. Bob, you want to tell us about that? Uh, yes, StackUp.org is was founded back in 2015. It was brought brought together with the purpose of getting both veterans and civilians together to help newly veterans coming out, active duty members of all of our wonderful armed forces. And through a wide variety of means that helps does things to promote mental health and all that good stuff one of the ways is the supply crates these are care packages just full of all the awesome goodness to where basically instead of getting a care package of and I'm shit you not this actually happened and this incident caused the guy who started it to make this charity you know, a big old bucks are Harley Quinn romance novellas, because that's in high demand wait, 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 over wait. there. 
Quinn. Not Harley Quinn. Harlequin. Okay, Okay. Harlequin. Okay. Not her. What? But I'm like, like you know the like little Harlequin romance about novels. This, they're gonna be pretty angry when they find out. <laughs> I'm like, right? I want to. I want some of these Harley Quinn romance novels. Uh, by Mad Love. <laughs> uh, I actually got that from my girlfriend one year. But <laughs> what else do they do? As they also do what they call air assaults, where they uh, deliver a hand, where they deliver. No, no, no. Wrong paragraph. No, you just supply crates. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but you're saying they deliver. Right, I'm rewarding that. <laughs> it's like you don't deliver a person unless you're from <laughs> Russia. No, I had hand, the hand picks was getting mixed up. <laughs> anyway, we we are still not in the flow of things, as you can tell. Um, aerosols, they call them aerosols, but they stack up hand picks deserving veterans and pays them to attend life-changing video game and geek culture events such as Comic-Con, E3, PAX, and even dev studio tours. Yeah. Basically how this works is if you're a veteran, you can sign up this up for it. If you know someone who's a veteran, you can sign them up for it and try to surprise them with it if they get picked, but they handle airfare, they handle transportation, housing, all that good stuff. They feed you good. You get some cool swag and you know, they swag with the S C H W. <laughs> yeah. Swag. Swag. Shickety swag. Anyways, but they do all that, and, you know, they don't ask for any money out of the veterans, or not, and they're not using them to, like, prop themselves up or anything. They're doing legitimate good. All right, so for today's topic, story modes and fighting games. Yay! Sweet. Santel, what are your thoughts of story modes and fighting games like in general? I love story modes. Story modes are probably why I play fighting games. Mm -hmm. I like the aesthetics of fighting games. I love that story. I love the story that I build up in my mind around them and then do see what the game mm -hmm. does with that story. Mm -hmm. um, I was always the kid that, you know, back in the PS2 games when you played your fighting games, if there wasn't a story mode in it, you know, you'd play it as long as you could, and then you kind of got bored with it. Yeah. Where the game, those story modes, even basic ones, you would play over and over and over and over again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I like I like story modes a lot. I like all that fan servicey stuff. Um, the more the better. Oh yeah. yeah it usually involves each character having individual story. Uh, well, absolutely. There's a lot of different ways you can do it, honestly. Like, if each character doesn't have an individual story, I also like using the story modes to, like, get a feel for the entire roster. Like how the ne NetherRealm games does it. To where each character has a chapter. So, yeah, the thing about that, though, is you don't really learn the character as well, I don't think. Yeah, like, it's not like, hey, I'm taking this character out on a date. It's like, hey, I'm doing, like, a speed date sort of situation to where I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then, because I would not have mained Green Arrow in Injustice 1 if it wasn't for me trying out his chapter. And I'm like, oh, he's really fun. So, um, here's right, a question. 
Or what about Brett? Brett? Yeah. Uh, what about Brett? <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on what we're talking about here, because I feel like we're using the term story mode a bit loosely. Yeah, because... Like story, like story modes in fighting games are a bit of a new phenomenon, and I don't think they existed much at all when we were little. Yeah. Uh, there's a difference between story mode... There's a difference between, like, modern story modes and 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 i guess just single player modes i i don't think they started really like until doa 2 or 3 what was, about yeah, evil what about evil zone for the ps1 that had like a story mode every character felt like an anime that, yeah but like like i said i didn't say they didn't exist i said that they're rel- they're you know they weren't really around much right yeah um, it's a more of a relevancy thing and uh i think i, I i'm a bit critical of them because uh, if you know, I'm a kind of an easygoing guy. I don't mm-hmm. much, uh, but the, the few things that I do care about, I care about a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and one of them is narrative and you know stories and storytelling. And uh, so these video game, specifically fighting game story modes, I'm pretty critical of because I don't think they do them very well. Um, I think they can be done very well. Uh, I just haven't seen it done yet. That being said, I can totally understand why so many people are jazzed about modes like this. Uh, and I think it's a testament to like, like, yeah, they should be, yeah, do that shit more often if people like them. Yeah. I just would hope that, you know, since they're probably going to keep happening because so many people like them, I hope that they get better. That's all. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like, you know, like right now, Nether Realms is probably the most go to oh oh story modes and fighting games you have like yeah. that nether realm the nether realms model is very popular and the stories weren't great they were good but they weren't great and the reason why i think they're getting hyped as much as they were is because the fighting game community or people or even like people who were outside of the community but still dipped their toes in the water when it came to fighting games we were so starved like, yeah, like if you're hungry good. enough and you don't like mayo, a fried bologna sandwich with mayo on it sounds real good. Yeah, I, I see your point. Okay. Right. You know, it's like, it's a hunger is the best sauce sort of situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, you might have a point about that. But to answer your question about how I feel in general, yeah, I think they could be better. At least we're better than we were like in the early 90s because I have a sampling here of some of the story modes and some notable things like in street fighter two, every time you beat someone, you, they would have losing dialogue. Uh huh. And okay. that, and that was like a, it's not a story mode, but it is a step towards getting one to where it's like, right. it does add to characterization because you know, someone being salty can't tell you a lot about them. Sure. And I, okay. I'm really glad you mentioned that. What you're talking about there is not a story. No, it's not. It's characterization at most. That's right. It is narrative building for sure, but it is not a story. And I honestly think that what we have there is a very good example of the way narrative can come across in an effective way in fighting games. Building up a character in a way that doesn't involve taking the controller out of the player's hands for very long at all. That's what, two seconds, you know? Yeah, and that's, and, like, and if it's part of, like, the screen to where you're, like, um, you know, rematch, 
select another character, blah, 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 like in modern Street Fighter, like it works very well because it's still in there. But now it's in the form of win dialogue versus you just beat the PC. I feel you. Uh, um, go ahead. Probably the most entertaining one to me, though. Mortal Kombat, October 1992. Every car- character gets an ending toad in like a text scroll, right? Or in text right. boxes. Here's Johnny Cage's ending. He was lucky enough to survive the next tournament, and he supposedly produced the Mortal Kombat movies and its sequels. Yeah, that guy's been busy. Good on him. Get that, get that movie money. And the, and that ending is also referenced in the Mortal Kombat movies with him being an actor. <laughs> like, like before they had movie, he's some like it, it, it's almost like the not not what I call the Nostra dumbass effect, to where by a complete fluke you got something right. Right. But it's just like, you know, back then, like, at the most, you would have, like, endings. And some of them could be very silly, like, you know, Zangief dancing. And some of them could be very serious. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as far as, like, long cut scenes with voice acting all that, the first, ep- first time we got any of that was um, Soul Calibur, and that was in July 1998. Really? There was voice acting in the Soul Calibur? In, the first, in that one? Not in the English one, but yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. It was oh, like, okay. we didn't old. get it, but I'm right. saying like we as in the collective gaming in general didn't get it. But yeah. And the 1998 one. Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of good that can be had from story modes specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, look, I'm going to be honest. The reason I was drawn to place was due to the certain narrative and design elements it wasn't the gameplay it wasn't it was not the gameplay oh yeah Uh, i I feel you the reason why i got back into um street fighter at all is because the udon comics hmm. but the reason i was first drawn to the the game itself was just the bright and vibrant characters uh but once again i have to point out this was during the era of street fighter 2 so it wasn't like this was this, there was this huge story mode that drew me to it. Yeah, yeah. It was narrative elements that were present in the gameplay itself. For example, um, you can particularly see Blanca's savagery just by his animations and his design. Uh, not to mention the fact that he had fucking electricity. That was crazy. At the time. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, doesn't, doesn't his walk back make him seem a little wimpy? Because when he walked backwards, he's always like, no, get away from me. Yeah, like a wolf would be trying to get away from something. You know, like it's like, eh, crap. You but, know, like uh, some something feral hand, would like, do that. Characters like uh, uh, characters like Vega were very imposing. You know, and characters like uh, uh, Ch- like Chun Li also had uh, like made me think about her story and stuff like that. Like not necessarily her story, but like certain elements of her design came across in the gameplay. Like particularly like her. I guess you could <coughs> say like. <laughs> like the fact that she didn't take herself too seriously, what with like the the chuckle at the end of her, her, her yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. these are things that like I I feel like the restriction of the time created creativity in the designers. Yeah, and I feel like that restriction that restriction is gone now, 
and as a result, we're seeing certain characters who aren't characterized nearly as well as they could be. I think I might be reaching on going off a, on a tangent here. Um, we're allowed. Go for it. Okay. Tangent away, Brett. Tangent away. But I don't want to go on too far tangent. I want to keep talking about story modes and fighting games. But I guess what I'm getting at is because developers now are aware that there is going to be some sort of dedicated narrative mode, narrative-focused mode for their fighting game, I feel like they're, uh, they don't feel the crunch mm-hmm. to fit that characterization in where it matters most anymore. You yeah. can take characters like Colleen and Falk from Street Fighter V for an example. I think mechanically both those ladies are tight as hell, but I think if you were to have someone just play as them for, let's say, I don't know, let's be generous, three matches each, and then I were like, all right, what do you think this person is like, you know, personality-wise? I feel like they'd be like, I don't fucking Okay, I'm, to, I'm horrible with remembering names. My question is, is which one yeah. is the one that looks really militaristic? Uh, Colleen, probably. Yeah, like Falk the, is the one with the stick. The one with the stick, okay. Falk strikes me as a bitch that I do not want to get in the way of. That's. I think that's fine, but that's. But no, like I mean, like yandere type, Tori's like uh, she'll be nice to you, but she's going to be very strict, and that's the most I could get out of her. You might. I. I here's the thing, man. I played through her story mode, like her brief little what two fight story mode, and mm-hmm. I didn't get that much from her. Uh, I didn't get what you said from her, uh, but I think that's the point. I don't think you should have to guess about these things. Yeah. Uh, I think you should be able to see, you should be able to see a fighter fight for like two fights and be like, oh, I I get what kind of person that they are. Yeah. Uh, Like, I don't think I'm asking for too much because this stuff went down for years. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll definitely say that there has been a lot of mechanization when it comes to fighting game designs. It's become, This phrase is so overused, but it fits so well. Cookie cutter to a point. Uh, maybe you're right. I'm not saying she's cookie cutter. I'm just saying that it's it's clear that like a lot of her in-game stuff isn't as evocative well, as it could be. I'm not saying specifically her. I'm saying, uh-huh. okay, uh-huh. new fighting game comes out. Uh-huh. You're going to have a Ryu clone. More than likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, in terms of mechanics or in terms of narrative? In terms of looks, you're going to have Gee, like, basically, you're going to ha- have what I call the hero character as far as, like, he's going to look like Ryu or he's going to look like the main character of insert anime. Mm-hmm. I see. Karate uh, Man? Yeah, ba- yeah you're going to have the Karate Man. You're going to have the... Agile chick. Like, you know what? I want to see a female bodybuilder. Just once. I feel you. I think what you're talking about are tropes, and you're yeah. talking about uh, certain design elements being yeah. collected. And uh, I think that's totally fair. Yeah, there are certain yeah. design elements. That are yeah, I think that the designers are leaning too hard on the tropes. I see. Uh, yeah, I think you might be right about that. But even more so... Regardless of the lack of uniqueness in design, I feel like the designs that we're coming with, whether they're new or old, mm-hmm. uh, 
are not expressive enough. It doesn't have the, so, it doesn't have the pop anymore. I guess you could put it that way. Like uh, to where mm-hmm. you look at it and it's like, bam, I know what this person's all about because I can see those little nuances and mm-hmm. I'm not having to, you know, based on their walk animation, their fighting animations like you can tell reuse as as a measured guy because how he walks how he backtracks how he punches how he kicks how he anti-airs how he attacks in the air it's very strict and rigid but he's always doing the little because he's keeping himself because he cares about the fight and he needs that momentum yeah you you, you can tell his mannerisms the way he's calculated yeah, you can tell that reused a little bit of a cockier version of that because it's a little bit wilder in the animations and a little bit more fluid in the animations. You mean Ken, right? Or Ken, yeah. Ken, yeah. yeah, sorry. I just went like, blah. That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're getting at the same point. Yeah. And the ultimate point that I'm trying to make is that I think these these cinematic-ass story modes are fine. I think they're totally fine. Uh, they could be better narrative-wise. But yeah, they shouldn't most, have to carry the narrative as hard as they are right now. They're like they're carrying the narrative, which I'm like, okay, for a narrative, I'm fine with. The thing is that they're trying to carry too much is the characterization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like I feel like so many of these story modes we play are, hey, look, these characters are on screen together. What would that like? Look at them talking to each other. Oh, they said that thing from that comic book that you're supposed to have read. <laughs> yeah, and and that's another issue. That's that's the other side of this coin, where which is that the 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 quality of the stories themselves are mm-hmm. are not not good in my opinion at all. Yeah, like they're we're getting triple A fighting games with single A stories, and I find yeah, and that like, unacceptable. And I'm not saying and like look. Like you asked me my opinion on this stuff. Go for it, man. Uh, uh, like I'm not saying fighting game stories are are completely unacceptable compared to video other video game stories. I think that video game stories in general are pieces of shit for the most part. Like oh, yeah. I can count on one hand the amount of video game stories that are in my opinion actually good stories. Um To be so, fair, you actually know what you're talking about though. <laughs> I mean, uh, fair enough. I appreciate the the compliment, but like I, all I'm saying is that, like, video. this isn't just a fighting game thing. I want to make that. You know what I mean? Oh, dear God, yeah. I cannot, like, like, okay, so I've, I said in our last episode I'm a big RPG player. Anybody knows me that I go for RPGs because I'm a numbers guy, right? Mm. I, I understand numbers better than I do most people. Mm-hmm. But also I went there because it was a – I actually – expanded my vocabulary and all that through RPGs and you'd think the RPGs being the bedrock place for stories even back in the day would have some of the most amazing stories they don't mm. I couldn't agree with you more there and but like you know I don't want to talk about you know f- video game stories in general that's a huge topic that that's too wide of a net even for me <laughs> But if we're still specifically talking about fighting game stories, you know, I brought it up because fighting games have always, not always, but in the past have successfully told their stories in a very specific way, Mm -hmm. which was like, 
we get this shit across during the fight. And I think when fighting games do that, they are at their strongest. And it's because that's all they had. Like, yeah. I could tell you, and here's, here's one little detail that we haven't brought up that I think everybody can speak on that plays fight, has been playing fighting games for a long time. I could tell you a lot about where they were fighting a lot more back in the old games than I can the newer games. Are you saying that the stages today are, are what, less specific? They had... I think they're more gentrified in a way. Okay. Like, you know, like, oh, I'm either in China or I'm, or I'm in like, you know, Chinatown. This is definitely Chun-Li stage, you know? Well, I think that has to do with another recent trend in fighting games that I wish would go away. Uh, back in the day, almost always, every single character would have their own dedicated stages. Mm-hmm. For yeah. some weird ass reason, that's not the case anymore. Uh, I really wish it was, though, man. Uh, it, that's that's a great way to characterize a character that you don't know. So much we know about Guile. Think about it. So much that we know about Guile is due to his stage. Yeah, because at the end of the day, he's wearing stuff that I could buy at a thrift store. Uh, yes, and like you can pretty much glean that he's involved in the military somehow. Fair enough, but specifically Air, Air Force, Force? Comes from that stage. You know right. what I mean? When you, when you play that stage, it feels like the movie Top Gun. You like understand like, oh, those are his other friends back there. He must. Everyone's rooting him on, so he's fought guys before. Yeah, I, like, and I just looking at Gal and his stage, like I just imagine the guy with like. And the MP3 player that would play the song "America, fuck yeah, <laughs> America, fuck yeah," like that's him all day. <laughs> sure, sure. And uh, but I think that's a testament to how important stages can be when it comes to adding to the narrative of fighting games, and the fact that fighting games don't have their own. Uh, the fighting game characters usually don't have their own stages anymore. For the most part, it's mm-hmm. kind of a shame. You know, yeah, and like uh, another good example of that is uh, Ken. Okay, like I believe his stage was down by the docks. Yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, in San Francisco. Um, yeah. yeah, because it was like, oh, the game told me this is San Francisco. He's down by the docks, and I get that feel. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm not going to say he's a surfer dude, but he probably hangs around in those circles. Got it. That's why he's so flippant. Makes a lot more sense to me. See, I always just thought he was a dock worker. I thought that was part of his character. I was so shocked to find that. (laughs) (laughs) I still love the touch in the anime to where they are fighting by a dock, even though it's in a warehouse. Why do you guys think that is? That um, character-driven stages have gone away? Uh, that's a really good fucking question, man. Um, I have a theory, and it's really shitty. All right, what is it? Okay, what's your theory? Money. Okay, say yeah. Say you have uh ten characters, right? Do you want to make five stages, or do you want to make ten? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah, I totally agree. Like, I feel like as opposed to the unofficial rule of old school fighting games, like every character has their own stage. I feel like the rule nowadays is uh, every, we're going to have a minimum amount of stages and 
regardless of how many characters we have, we're going to have this minimum amount. And and once we hit it, we're either good or whatever, but that's what we're doing, you know? Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, is we can also... There's there's also another, a couple other ways they do it. Either they go to... The, every, if not every character has their own stage, they, at the very least, and I do appreciate it when they at least do this, to where every team has their own stage, you know? Mm-hmm. To where it's like, you know, or every little click does. Rather. Yeah, honestly, I think it has to do with money, and I think it has to do with the shift from uh, sprite-based games to uh, polygonal games. Like, these stages are a lot more fucking involved now than they used yeah. to be. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it like, probably has to do with time and money. Oh, yeah, like, considering you have interactive, like, they're... 3D rendered environments and they have like, you know, particle effects in the background and all that good stuff and that takes a lot of money to create that. On top and 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 not just fiscal currency, but you have like creative currency that you're spending on that. Would you rather spend it on that or would you rather spend it on like, you know, something else that's going to be a main marketing factor? Well, making a new character, right? Isn't that yeah. the thing people always want? You know, more characters, more characters, more characters. And I'm like, you know right. what? Make where I'm fighting interesting, too, please. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's important. Like, what we're talking about is a shift in priorities. And I get it. Things happen, and some things have to get uh, prioritized. Other things have to fall to the wayside. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I think what we're seeing now is this lack of character. Like, you know, it's a domino effect. The, the lack of money has led to a lack of stages, uh, which led to a lack of characterization which leads to falling more on these story modes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, the one thing that I still think that a lot of newer devs, and even in the indie scene, and this is even outside of fighting games, never underestimate the amount of characterization that can go into an idle animation. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like, even idle animations, man, like... They can come across. They can. They can convey so much information. You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. Like, how did you know Sonic was impatient? Because he. Because if you got up, you would, he would lay down and go. I'm waiting. <laughs> like no, you're he, right. And like, like if we. That's a great example. If we take that as a, as an example. Think about the fact that back then in 1991, they told us so much about Sonic in just a couple of seconds without the need for an opening cutscene or level mm-hmm. transitions with full voice acting. We didn't need it, and right. I still don't think we need it. And if you do it for three minutes, he jumps off the screen because he's tired of waiting for you. Yeah. I'm like, oh my... He's like, wow, he really is impatient. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's, like the, it's those little artistic flares that... It, turns your character into an to a sprite into a stream on the screen into a character into you know kind of a pseudo person mm-hmm. characterization is a very important thing yeah. uh unfortunately right now in my opinion fighting game story modes are a little more than cut scenes into fights whereas they could be much different you know yeah i mean and one of the biggest problems it with their ability to this is a wrestling term mm-hmm. or an old wrestling saying is when you're hot you can do no wrong when you're cold you can do no right and if like 
Capcom isn't really going to fix it because they're too hot to oh, want to. I think they're too cold. I think Capcom has such a negative image right now. I feel like anytime they do anything, it's always looked down upon. True, but I'm talking about like in their store, story department and their sales numbers on the single-player base. The people who are playing single-player games either aren't going to buy them because that's not their thing, or like, yeah, they're weren't going to lose their sale anyways. They're they're too like that base is pretty much covered towards an it's a zero sum game. They're screwed. Uh sure, sure. I thought Capcom has done actually really well over the last year. Sales wise they they're doing fine. Uh numbers, you know, yes. <laughs> yeah, like look there's image there's a, there's a there's a stigma on Street Fighter Five still to this day, you know. But uh, when it comes to these story modes, I think the reason that people – how do I put this? It's interesting to me mm-hmm. that so many people praise the NetherRealm story modes, whereas in my eyes, maybe all of you guys can help me out because I don't see a difference. Whereas in my eyes, there's no difference really between like the NetherRealm story modes and you know Capcom's big cinematic story mode. I don't see the difference. Well, here, here's where I'm going to tell you why it gets praised. Um, in my opinion. It's the NetherRealm story mode, if you take it as just a mechanism and you remove yourself from the situation enough, you're not going to see why it's great because it's really not. But it started with, oh my god, we got Superman fighting Scorpion. And that brought a lot of people in. Whoa. You think that's what what it was? Mortal Kombat versus DC? I think that's what what started the snowball rolling down the hill. Well, so what are you talking about? Just the fact that people jazzed about seeing these two universes collide and that what maintain an air of goodwill for the rest of their story modes? Because I'm talking about like MK10. I'm talking about Injustice and Injustice 2. People love those. Oh, yeah, but... Let me get there. Mm. Okay. So you're like, okay, you got people who haven't played a fighting game in a while getting back into the scene because DC has that sort of fan base credibility. I mean, I'm one of those people, right? And that turned into like, wait a minute. I've never played, like, this has got a really good story mode. It's not just, hey, let's let's see what Batman's fatality is. Right. Yeah, yeah, but my question is, how come that story mode in those games are regarded by most as like the pinnacle of what fighting game story mode should be, whereas in my opinion, like Street Fighter story mode or Tekken story mode, or whatever, they're all the same to me, but no one talks about those. Because you're dealing with a loud minority that don't know what the hell they're talking about, unfortunately, and I hate to be that dismissive, but it's just like a lot of people that got introduced to that st- story mode and continued on to play the Mortal Kombats and so on that have that story mode got into it because they weren't a f- cuz they weren't familiar with the other options because they weren't fighting game people there were DC people that got molded that got turned into a specific type of fighting game I don't know I I think the the casual approach is VIPs bring in bring people in more than anything. <clears throat> I see, I, I, and so I, I do think the 
you know, like the IPs of Mortal Kombat and DC pulling people in to NetherRealm games uh, as a big... The fact that their story mode is good for a fighting game, it may not be better than Capcom's or whatever, but just because it's it's a quality for a fighting game gives it that praise because of the amount of people that it can bring in. One thing I can't wait for is when we have a fighting game to where you can say the story mode's good and don't have to add the caveat for a fighting game. I think we're a long time away from that. Um, I think we're a real long way. Away I'm gonna from that. I'm gonna ballpark it at about 15 years. Here's open. Uh, and I'm being kind, and I know it. Look, I mean, we can tr- like, it's tough. We're so we're criticizing a lot now, but I guess what we could do is try and figure out a way to like what would be a good way to do a fighting game story. You know? Oh yeah, and I'm pretty sure my any ideas that come out of my mouth is gonna be worse than theirs. Well, I mean, let's not sell ourselves short. I think we're on the right track when we're talking about going back to the roots. Because I don't know about you guys, but the, the the most fun way to characterize these things is to keep the player playing and still get this stuff across. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, and not have it be like, for the love of God, if somebody watching this don't turn this into that, well, I'm just going to have them talk over the fight. That is one method. I mean, hey, you you make fun of it, but I'll take that over a cutscene any day. Any day. Because at least I'm still playing my video game. True, but it can also be making me, cause me to screw up. Yeah, that can be very distracting. I see. Yeah. Um, I, right, like, like, here's the thing. You play, playing a communicating story is important. I will not deny that. However, it should never come at the cost of player enjoyment of the game. Okay. See, I couldn't agree more with what you said, right? Yeah. You say that, I say that, but then there are people out there who will say that same thing and then eat up a video game like Persona that has like five hours of cutscene. And they're like, story's important as long as it doesn't get in the way. And there's like, are the cutscenes skippable? That's all I ask. People always tell us to play the guilt, you know, the newest Guilty Gear story mode, and it's just a movie. There's no, right. there's nothing, there's nothing to play. You know, it's what, like what you're playing a ladder with cutscenes. No, not even a ladder on Guilty Gear. No, no, it's literally, it's literally just an animated movie. It's literally <laughs> just like. Oh my god, that is trash. So once again, I couldn't agree with you more. Gameplay is is miles. It's it's far and away the most important thing above narrative. I couldn't agree more. And yet, people love their fucking cutscenes. <coughs> oh, like, trust, one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to gaming is, I can't skip this, I can't skip this, what the fuck? And here's the thing, though. You shouldn't have to skip. Uh, being able to skip is always a good thing. But you shouldn't have to miss out on the narrative because you just want to play. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, and here's the thing. Um, first chapter of a book I read over game design. You're reading this book, then you keep, then you keep on here seeing like in parentheses button commands. And it's like, yeah, by the way, that was your player trying, trying to figure out a way to skip to the part they care about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that was like in the introduction. Interesting. So, so look, so, I like, think it comes down to being able to convey this stuff in gameplay. I think it's the only way. Yeah. 
And it really is. And the thing is, um, I could think of a couple ways of doing that. Like, okay, like through certain moves. Mm-hmm. Right? To where, like, say, a throw, right? Once you activate the thro- a throw, there's kind of like a pseudo cutscene because there's frames that when the throw is successful. I feel what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To where it's like, you, like, have have Ken talk some shit to Ryu real quick. Like a quick line. So you're talking about like interspersed in the fights. Like little little tiny bits of dialogue in the right. moments that is like, hey, this is where like, you know, like say when they do supers, right? right. Where, you know, the, the super, oh my God, it's bigger than the sun, Hadoken. Blaze Blue does a good job of doing this. Characters in a fight and stuff like that will... That's not gonna work on me. That out of there. Yeah. Well, it's not the. That's not gonna work on me. But like, you know, be like, hey, by like the character they're fighting against name, right? Right. And it's something story specific. Like, hey, this is for my dad. Bam. You know, maybe it's nothing as obtuse as that, but something. No, 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 but I, yeah, I understand what you're saying, and like half of what you're saying is already there because I think you hit on a very. Um a very smart aspect of these games that they're already trying to do. As you said, whenever you throw somebody in a modern, what you're actually usually seeing is like a tiny little cutscene because there is like, there's a very brief moment of, of lack of interactivity from both characters. The opponent is locked into being thrown and you are locked into throwing somebody else. That little moment, that time is a great place to insert some more, um, resource-heavy and attention-heavy opportunities for characterization. And they're already doing that. Like, you have hills and valleys, and like, if we're using, like, the bottom line as time, there's hills and valleys in action that's being performed by the players or player. Correct. Right? Correct. So, fill those valleys with you know, the little bits of characterization, the little bits of things that are driving yeah. the story to where it's like the, the valleys is, is like, oh, by the way, this is who you're ne- This is where you're going for your next fight because this is the person you're looking for. But, but you're not going to get there because I'm about to whip your butt. Then gets uh, beat. I, I wanted to point out that like games are already doing this. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Lara, when she grabs the opponent with her sunset wheel, with her command grab, mm-hmm. she puts on a pose that is like one of the best freeze frame examples of who she is as a character so much so that i feel like when they first introduced her like one of the promo images official from capcom was a, a screenshot of that throw yeah but and i'm i'm not saying that those moments don't exist and they're not already capitalizing on them i'm talking yeah, about yeah, using oh, them in I'm a story i just didn't like, finish my point about the fact okay. how it's already happening and we should oh build a sorry no that's fine uh like you know uh, zangief as well like when that dude command grabs somebody that's a two-second story, you know? <laughs> and it's great. He flies right? to the sky and then he falls on you. It's devastating. But more importantly, the way that it's framed shows us the fear in the opponent, the excitement in Geef, and the moment of impact. Like, these are little tiny mini-stories that are told in the fight, and it's what should be happening more often. Yeah, well, that's like little tiny mini-narratives. I'm talking about, like, say, if you're playing through story mode, right? Right. And you pick, you know... um, Hell, I don't know anything about the Street Fighter yeah, story. Yeah, no, 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 no. You're talking about like little moments of dialogue in the fight 
that are specifically uh, catered towards the two opponents on the screen. I hear you. Well, not, not just the two points on the screen. He's I'm talking about two world. for the, like, say, I pick story mode for a Street Fighter uh -huh. game, right? Uh -huh. So, yeah, it's fight, 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 fight. And the story is in the fight in those little moments. Yeah, exactly. To where it's I not just, it's not like the like the actual narrative is like, it's like, yeah, by the way, I'm the one that did that really screwed up thing that put me in the on this track, you know, or whatever the story is. I think yeah. that should happen in all the modes. I don't think that. I think the characterization that. should happen for, for all the modes. Isn't that what we're talking about? Uh, I think we're trying to talk about, I think yeah, you're talking think characterization and I'm talking about like, Hey, Hey, this is how I would do a story right. to where it would be a ladder. It would be each character gets their own ladder, like the order yeah. of people they fight. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, say, you have goal at the end, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? And, you know, so it can be, like, like figure out who killed my, who killed, like, someone important to me, who act, acted upon violence on me so I can act, do the same upon them okay. sort of thing. Okay, so, right? so how is that information conveyed in your, in your idea? Like, say, and this is the part where it's, like, you know, you have a beginning cutscene at the beginning and that's the only ah, cutscene you get I see, I see i see and then you're like okay cool so we go into the first fight mm. blah 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 like some information is given to you on who where you need to go next okay how do you how is that information given uh through like di through dialogue that happens through voice acting dialogue that happens during the fight during grabs punch or like you know when you're those moments that happen in almost every fight to where there's distance between the two characters and no okay. action because they're doing spacing because that's so what you're anybody about does. Voiceover in the middle of a fight. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, but not <laughs> so loud to where it's distracting, and that's where the balancing act is. And on the design oh. aspect, that's going to be very difficult, but I think it's possible. But how, how do you trigger that when players don't necessarily play the same? I think there. I think there's always. Highs and lows on action on screen. No, there is, but how do you tell? How do you design the game to know when to to display this piece of information? Well, first you go to school for programming, because <laughs> that's about how far I'm in on that one. <laughs> it uh, what you're describing is very interesting, and I think the key difference in the things that you're trying to accomplish in my in your example versus mine. Or that you're trying to accomplish uh, furthering a character's narrative via plot, mm -hmm. whereas I think in my mind I'm just thinking about character. Yeah, yeah, you're. I, I'm, I'm than... trying to use those little moments as a plot device. Right, and I'm not even concerned with plot at all. Yeah. And I'm not saying you're wrong, and I or I'm wrong. I'm, I'm just now realizing, oh, this is the difference between them. Yeah, and the thing is, is like we're trying, like we're using the same tool to solve two different problems. Yes. Which is not a bad thing at all. Yeah, I didn't even really consider the plot thing, man. I Like, the first thing I'm trying to do is, like, man, forget, like, what happens next and what happens next in a plot. I'm like, how do we characterize these characters? Like, the two ladies I mentioned at the top, they need help, in my opinion. Like, they yeah. need help to be more unique and characterize <coughs> people who see them for the first time. You know, and the thing is, is characterization to me starts from 
the moment I lay eyes on them, I should be able to get that, oh, they're this, they're that. Like, I should be able to pull some of the stereotype from them. Yeah. No, like, you're right. Like, you should be able to look at somebody and then it, sh- it should evoke something. You shouldn't be able to get 100%, but like, it should evoke something. Like, I'm not, like, I shouldn't be able to go, oh, they're, they're actually got this inner turmoil, but no, 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 no. Just, uh, hey, this person's a loudmouth. No, look, if you look at Bison and you look at Sakura, you're going to be able to tell which one is bad. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And the problem is, if you look at Falk, and if you look at uh, 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 Colleen, you're not going to be able to tell which one I is should, still part of a bad organization. I should be able to place their uh, place where they go on a D&D character chart with chaotic, neutral, or what, you know? Kind of, yeah, you should. And I don't think those characters do that. As no, opposed to... Yeah, like as opposed to like uh, Vega, I get him. Even though he wears a goddamn mask, he's so expressive. Even though he wears a mask, he's so body language. Yeah, yeah you, you can just tell he's playing buoyant just by, and, just uh, by looking at him. And you can tell he's a pretty boy. Nakali's like, a great example as well. Yeah. Nakali walks on screen. You know absolutely what's going on with him. Yep. And Nakali's not only Santel. He's a really good example because his characterization, as far as like you know how he feels is there he is such an ill-defined character even after the street fighter story mode he doesn't have plot he doesn't do anything and he doesn't have uh he doesn't really have much that he fucking wants either mm-hmm. he's a look look narratively he's a very piss poor character yeah but at the very least when he moves you get an idea of what kind of guy he is. and yeah. that is so number one important narratively like guy. narratively in fighting games characters can suck I don't think that they should. No, I mean, I'm saying they can. Because if they're interesting to look at, the thing is, is, that's the one. Fighting games are losing that, and that's disheartening to me. Mm. It's like, I should have a little story go in my head when I look at a character in a fighting game. Yeah, and I'm not saying this is, I'm not, I'm not saying this is a trend I'm not convinced of that because they're like Capcom's been knocking out of the park a little bit with mm-hmm. certain characters. Like you look at Ed, I fucking get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at Abigail, I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minot and and Zeku, mm-hmm. like killing it, man. Uh, so I'm not saying this is a trend. It's just that like uh, I think a couple of these characters were missed opportunities to use the commodities that fighting games are traditionally used to convey information. Uh, you can look at other, like, you want to go to the, okay, check it out. You want to go to the other side of the spectrum, baby? Mm-hmm. You can go to the other side of the spectrum, right? If you look at Injustice, right? Yeah. If you look at Injustice and, like, you take a silhouette of the way the Batman, like, um, Batman's one of my favorite characters of all time. I know a lot about Batman, right? If you were to look at Batman. He knows a lot Batman, about Batman, you guys. Yeah, I, 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 I got a feeling that we're brothers on that one. But if you take a look at Batman's idle stance in Injustice, Nothing about Batman comes through. Not it's, to mention his full animation set. Nothing about Batman comes through. It really doesn't with any... Well, I'll, I'm having to reach for memory with MK9 because I haven't played 10. Um, no, I have played 10. Yeah, but like... Most of MK9's characters had the same type of like stance. Yeah, it's like... they'll what And what they'll do is this is where they cheaped out. Is they're like... Okay, this is the stance. Now we're going to scale the model to fit the model. 
right. or scale the stance to fit the model, and this just copy and paste it, and with very little to no variation. Like, let me put it this way, man. In an ideal world, if someone's never encountered Batman somehow in life, the character, and they played Injustice or Injustice Two for the first time, you should still be able to tell who the fuck Batman is just by the way, like the way he fights. For example, like if we gave Batman way. a Bruce Wayne skin, I should be able to look at Bruce Wayne and go, "That's Batman." Sure, yeah, and like the way, like let me put it this way, Batman. You have to look at these things from the macro, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. when you're crafting a story, it's about everything in the game character-wise and stuff. So in a game where everybody's fighting, literally, what's the best way to characterize Batman? Like, what is Batman the most out of all the characters in those game, in, in that game? And I think the answer is like, well, I think Batman is like the stealthiest or maybe the calmest. Or you know the, what I mean? Like he's the tactician or the like stealth guy. So let's... Well, he's, but he's also very brutal when he hits. True. But once again, think about the macro. Right. In a yeah. game with it's like, Bane what are you going to blow up? <laughs> in a game with Bane and Grundy, I don't think we should be focusing on brutal when it comes to Batman. You well, no, mean? they'd be brutal in a different way because the... I, th- I think part of in the character characterization with those characters is how the how the animation they inflict when their ability lands. To be character. fair, sure, it's sure, a sure, fighting sure. game. Everyone's right. brutal to a certain degree. <laughs> so Solomon Grundy and Bane, if they were to hit somebody, they go flying across the screen. As opposed Correct. to Batman does it, it's very tight and looks very, very painful, very precise. Yes, and I think so. I guess pre- precise is a great adjective as opposed to brutal when describing Batman then. So, for example, Batman could have easily had some sort of stance where you don't, like, you know that weird thing that they do when they draw Batman where, like, he just looks all black because his cape is completely dropped around? Yeah. Yeah. That could have been his idol. And it would have worked. That's a great Batman image. Or, like, 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 here's the difference between, like, Batman and a big guy, in my opinion, with these games. The big guys hit you, and you know it's going to hurt because just look at their fist, right? It's bigger than your head. Batman hits hits you, and you know it's going to hurt because he, you know, he's going to hit you where it hurts. Yeah, because he doesn't have the just pound for pound hitting power, right? So, like, even with the where do where would the characters where would like considering the average character model he'd be against where would his punches land? And places that just look like it hurts. Kidney shots, right on the jaw. Like, you know, joints, stuff like that to where that stuff hurts. Because I don't know about you, but I've had a couple of dislocated joints and getting that stuff back in don't feel pretty and it's not a pretty process. Hmm. So, like, you know, a lot of stuff like that would speak to me to where you're like, yeah, Batman would do that because it's going to incapacitate. But it's not going to kill, which is another big thing with the Batman mythos. Yeah. <sighs> but, man, Santel, you got <laughs> anything to add? <laughs> no, I agree with a lot of this. You know, I don't know if it comes down to uh, laziness or what, but, you know, we play a lot of story modes where we'll play, you know, an entire thing and get to know a character and have no idea what that character wants. So I think that 
all of those things can be addressed and whether we do it in the old school way or the new school way, I just want to be able to know what the character is and a feeling for them mm -hmm. uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah. Like game feel should come pretty quickly. It's not something you should be reaching for. Right. You know, you want to be able to sort of know what you're getting yourself into and what is the flavor of this person. And I think the examples that Brett brought up are really good. You know, we have two sort of like military ladies that I don't, they don't seem like any of that. It's very difficult to be like what to nail them down and like what they are. Right. Like, you know, it's like, I like here's some military, military characterizations that are in pop culture that like, I couldn't glean these from them. It's like, you know, you always have that, like, say if you have a show, like there's always that one member in the unit that's a fuck up. Neither one of them are that. The one that's super by the book and needs to let their hair down. Maybe one of them are that. And that's really reaching. But they're just like, yeah, we're cook Like, the characterization just isn't there other than they're military. Okay. Right. So well, is like Gal. But Gal just seems like he's more bombastic. Right. Well, like, but, but Gal's prepared for his shit, right? Gal's the guy you want as the captain of your squad. Yeah. Hulk, you know, in her story mode, we see her being tormented by M. Bison the entire time. We see her in this weird, like, sunken place where she's trying to get out of there. Mm -hmm. Let's see her be emotionally unstable when, you know, you're not touching the stick. What if she, like, started scratching at her head or grabbed her head like, oh, my God. Like, this, what is, like you know, the, the... I, have, I have psycho power inside of me. I have a power inside of me called psycho. And we don't see any of that. She's cool and cause When she walks backwards, she points at you like, yo, I'm coming for you. And it's like, well, is she like super confident or is she a crazy lady? And I think I would love for those things to be nailed down. Yeah, because honestly, it's like from what, because I haven't really had time to look into her as far as what her story is and all that good stuff. It's like the way you guys describe her, she's the mall cop at the beginning, a very horror movie, but somehow she survived and got some powers from it. Right. Well, she was like a she was like a experimented on little girl, and none of that is you know part of anything that you see about her either. Yeah, they're they're they've already done the groundwork on paper, but it doesn't come. It doesn't translate through the screen, and that's bothersome. Absolutely. At the end of the day, I think what's really important is what Santel said at the stop at the top of this. You asked him like, "How do you feel about story modes?" And he's like, man, I love them. They're my favorite part about fighting games. And that sentiment, I think, is shared by a lot of players out there. In fact, mm -hmm. I would say the majority of people who pick up a fighting game care far more about single-player content uh, than multiplayer. Like, as ironic as it sounds, I think that is the case. And, uh, and here's the thing. I honestly I think, think you're oh. hitting on a note there, man, because the fighting game community, like Evo and stuff like that, I'm not shitting on Evo. But I will say it is a very loud minority of the people who purchase it, purchase yep. the games themselves. Yeah. They're, so, they're the players that, that will stay playing it, but they're the minority of the purchases. Yeah. And I think we're all very aware of that. And furthermore, because so many people are looking for that type of, for lack of a better phrase, single player content, mm -hmm. it's important that that stuff is there. And ideally, it's as quality as it's as good as it could be mm -hmm. right now. It's there. Like people are aware that that stuff should be there. 
and I don't think it's going anywhere. Like you're going to see only more and more single player stuff. I think what I'm worried about is that I hope, I hope it gets better. And of course I'm aware that better is a very personal thing. Like for me, yeah. Um, so apparently a lot of people are satisfied, like are satisfied Brett, with what getting, and I'm not. Brett, can you think of any games that are a fighting game that doesn't have the competitive aspect to it it is a one person a one player fighting game that is story based hmm. no right i wonder when that's gonna happen when we get a really great fighting you know a really great fighting game story but doesn't have the versus aspect of the game i, don't I think, think that's, that's ever going to happen because it's too ingrained in the dna yeah. And it's too ingrained in the marketing. Like, and it's too ingrained in a selling point. Launched. You remember this big backlash when these games launch without an arcade mode? And people the lost, backlash when these yeah, things launch without their a shit. versus mode. Oof, geez Louise. Okay. They, people would boycott the game permanently. Like there would be no winning them back. Because it's what, like, what, at what least, because there's still people that was like, well, you know, they had to get ready for Evo, so, you yeah. know. Like, what, what if they do something like... You see with like Fortnite or with um, Rainbow Six Siege and there's a and the multiplayer may be free and then the store you gotta pay for. <laughs> one fucking good story mode to make me pay for yeah. it. With fighting games, considering what a lot of the how do you put it? A lot of the driving and marketing and stuff for you to be taken seriously by the community, right? I I don't see that ever happening, but I could see the ha- the the coin being flipped on that maybe by one publisher, then I would see it failing. I I could see somebody trying, you know, you'll get you'll get a free version of the game. Like you have a $60 game which has everything. Mm-hmm. And you have the free version of the game which may have a limited number of fighters and the multiplayer. And then you have different variations, you know, by characters, things like that. Kind of like Dota? Yeah. Yeah, to where it's like you got, it's like, here are free characters for now. You can either buy them individually or just buy the whole game. Right. The issue still stands about how to make these story modes better. And I think the biggest, I think the biggest uh, adversary to that is the fact that, number one, not everybody thinks they need to be better. A lot of people are satisfied. And number two, the people that do think they need to get better, I think have a lot of different ideas about how they need to. Yeah. Which is fine, but it's going to slow things down. Well, I mean, when it comes to video games in general, one of the biggest things when, like, hey, we need to make these stories better. Okay, how? And then very little feedback other than you did this wrong, you did this wrong. I'm like, okay, that's wrong. Then what's right? And... Out of the few answers that you get, like it could be the same plot point they're critiquing, but it's like you know you shouldn't have done this because it messes up this characterization because they're this type of person, and you could have different people get different reads on how this one character would act in that very specific situation. I feel you. Um, if it if it ever got to that point where the problem in video game stories was. Yo, man, I feel like this person's acting out of character. I would be a happy man. Oh, yeah. I think, I think we're very far from there. Um, oh, yeah. I, th- I think 
it's it's tough it, it's it's tough it's tough to address an issue when a lot of people don't think that there's an issue yeah and that's one of the reasons why to break oh uh like serve this as one of the options is like yeah i think there's a lot to talk about here because they're not great but they're not bad but they're not great they're just good and better is always a good a good direction to move in yeah um it not every video game has to be great not every video mm. game story has to be great mm. okay it just has to be better mm. I think I understand what you're saying. Yeah. You know, like if you have a long running series, the next one doesn't have to be great. It just has to be better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree. You know, because there, one of the pitfalls to chasing greatness is normally when people who chase greatness or studios that chase greatness, when they fail, it's not a little fail. Are they chasing greatness though? I don't. I don't feel like the boys over at Nelda Room are chasing greatness. Oh hell no, not with them. But I'm talking about like with Mass Effect, for example. I see. Like well, that I mean, when that third one hit, when they failed, it was not a little fail. Unfortunately, and they only failed by like five percent of that game anyway. But. I'm talking about the ending. Exactly five percent of that game. But that's the most important part of the story because that's the part that's supposed to stick with you. Well, my point is that. You say, you know, you got to shoot for greatness, but I don't think NetherRealm, I feel like right now NetherRealm is like, yeah, man, we're doing everything because they keep selling so fucking well. Yeah, like, they're not going to improve because everybody's like, yes, we like this. Yes, they like this. I would love to be a fly on the wall because they'll have a panic attack. That's what Uh, I'm saying. Yeah. What were you saying, Zez? You just feed the people that are, you know, that are already coming to you for food. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think think we're going to get any changes, man. Like, not, not this way. If people keep clamoring for <coughs> the type of stuff that, like, these types of, uh, you know, story modes that are just like, you know, put your controller down for five minutes and then you play for two minutes, I don't think we're going to see a change. And I don't think a lot of people want it to change. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is change comes in ripples, not in waves with this sort of thing. And I really hope that this is a ripple that starts or if nothing else adds to other ripples out there. Cause I know we're not alone on this. Well, I mean, let me ask you guys, the two of you, the three of you actually, do you want it to, are you satisfied with fighting game stories? Like, or rather let's be specific, a type of story mode that I'm talking about, you know, cutscene fight, cutscene fight. Are you fine with that? Like, is that good enough for you? Cutscene fight, cutscene fight, or cutscene fight, 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 cutscene fight, fight, fight. No, I'm tired of it because it, like, while yes, there is some characterization elements there, it seems to be coming at a cost of characterization elements in the fight itself. I feel you. What about the rest of you, though? I, I'm fine with it, but I'm still I'm very casual fighting game player, so. Mm-hmm. It's fine, I guess. I mean, I don't, I think this thing that is been apparent here is if we don't if that isn't what it is then what is it so you're saying you're fine with it because and i don't you can't imagine anything no not imagine anything else i just feel like 
to explore that mode to its fullest, you're going to have to put more time into it. And I think that you're never going to design a fighting game with that as your first priority. Yeah, it, it, the, the balance of trying to do it is, is going to be difficult. I think you might be wrong, man. Uh, like, absolutely. And because here, of that, it's thing. just never going to be at the forefront. I'll, I'll, here's my mi mindset when it comes to the mentality of, uh, well, I don't think it's going to be in the forefront. That that wasn't the question that was served to me by Brett. He was like, ah, do I think that they could, you know, they could be better? Am I satisfied? No, I'm not satisfied. But I'm also kind of a prick and I'm never satisfied. But are you still going to buy the next game? Nope. <laughs> I've gotten that last, I've gotten it three games through three different games, no, four different games so far. I've had my fill. I want novelty, but I'm kind of ADD like that. So it sounds like you guys are fine with it. Some two of you are fine with it. Two of you, or one of you isn't. Uh, and I, I guess that's kind of indicative of what I was saying before. A lot of people out there are fine with these story modes. Um, and so that's why I think they're just going to continue. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it really is. And, like, I have no problem with it. It's like, hey, the game isn't what I call a worthless game, which is an actual worthless game is very rare. Which, Zez likes it, Centel likes it, so it has value. Yeah, exactly. You, you know? Like, to me, a truly worthless game is one to where everybody's like, what the hell happened here? Yeah, I'm not interested in, in speaking in hyperbole or anything. I'm not saying the games are... You know, I love fucking Street Fighter. I do mm -hmm. not love its story mode. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Uh, and I think it could be better. And I'm not talking about my ass here. I have plenty of ideas on how to fix it. Uh, or how to make it better, rather. Yeah. Uh, it's just... Uh, it's... it's it's um, I, I do not predict that they will be changing though, since people tend to like that stuff anyway. Capcom, if you'd like to hear our ideas, send us an email at supercouchfighters at gmail.com. We got some things to talk about. And that's how I got in contact with them. And they actually check that thing. Hmm. But, uh, yeah. It's been a complete treat to have you two gentlemen on. Yeah. Thank you guys. Like, we had a good time. It's been Thank very informative. Talk, uh, fighting games with you guys. Hey, if you guys ever want to come back on, hit me up. We'll workshop something out. Yep. Thanks. Yeah, thank you guys for the invitation. We appreciate it. It's been fabulous. <laughs> uh, that being said, is once again self-promo time, so if you could tell the lovely people out there where you're found, and since um, Brett had last time, Santel, it's your five minutes of fame. Cool. Five minutes. Let's get to it. Uh, me and the wonderful Brett Bayonne play fighting games over on the YouTube, and that's at uh, Super Couch Fighters. Uh, you'll hear Brett's analysis of video games, and you'll hear me get salty. Um, he is you a comedic know relief. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want to know what's going on in my normal life, you can follow me on the Twitter uh, at Michael J. Santel, S-A-N-T-E-L-L. If you want to talk all things couch fighters with me, you can follow me uh, at Super Couch Mike. Uh, if you want to follow my dog, you can follow him. That's JJ the dog. Dog is spelled D-A-W-G. JJ the dog. Mm -hmm. um, what else? What else do I do, Brett? 
Tell them about your uh, uh, improv. Uh, right. Hey, this evening, if you're in, if you live in Los Angeles, you can come to uh, Comedy Sports Los Angeles. Come see us do uh, some short form improv fun tonight at eight o'clock, and then you know other dates as well. Oh, you know, there's also, uh, if you really want to go back and see some of the stuff you've been in, you were part of the Super Scope Show, and you were on, you did a part in a movie. Oh my goodness, look at you looking at that thing. Don't You don't need to see that movie. <laughs> that movie is, uh, that's a thing that, yeah, that's not a thing. Was this a film? Hold on, hold on. I don't, film? I don't know about this. What movie is this? Roughing uh, It, an improvised comedy. He Peter was the Gilroy. store manager. Peter, Peter uh, an improviser, actor, comedian guy we know named Peter Gilroy did a did an improv movie, and I shot a bit at our old theater. Like I was just wearing a white shirt. They're like, "Do you want to do this movie?" I was like, "Sure." And I shot for like twenty five minutes, and now I have an IMDb page about it. So, yeah, him and, and Alex Fasciani are in it. Yeah, Alex is there too. Oh yeah, Kells. That's great. Oh, I did my research. Yeah, you, you Googled me. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, oh, no. I actually watched the thing. <laughs> oh, did you really? Yes. Oh, oh that's so God. funny. Thank you so much. You did not need to do that. You you That was not important. But no, because it was like, oh, yeah, he's in this. It's like, no, 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 no. I can find this on YouTube, and it's actually like in like a part one, part two, part three thing on YouTube. They uploaded it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Oh, and I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's only in the first little bit. I'm the first real joke of the movie, so you should give it a watch then. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I was like, I saw it, I was like, oh, no, no, no. I did not watch this thing and not bring that up. <laughs> uh, I did an episode of... Uh, uh, was it a celebrity name game? You can probably find a clip of that somewhere. Oh, dear uh, God. <laughs> yeah, I did awful, you guys. I did not win any money at all. <laughs> Somehow that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, they did a clip of, uh, I think I was like one of the worst answers of the day. So I got a YouTube spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what I'm not doing tonight. I'm doing that right now. Now, <laughs> it's, it's off the priority list. It's it's awful. It's like it's, and, it's like and play. Remember the show that uh, uh, Ferguson was on? Oh man! <laughs> Perfect. Oh, this is beautiful. Hey, Brett, this podcast is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> oh, also, go watch Brett on Twitch at Shaper of Stories. That's where you can you can find me uh, in his chat. I'm watching him play God of War right now. <laughs> Oh, thank you very much for the plug. Not <laughs> at all. Keep playing. Oh, God, that was too much. <laughs> Santel, please come back. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Listen, like, okay, like, oh, like for real, you just did more anything. than my therapist does in three months of making me feel good. <laughs> I'm just that, uh, I'm that, uh, what do you call it? A syringe full of sunshine. Pop me in your body. I'll make you happy. I want to make a heroin joke. It's definitely not the All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Ziploc Bob. You can find me at twitch.tv Ziploc Bob, as well as one of the people over at twitch.tv slash Bottle Rocket Gaming. That's also where you can find Zez, as well as twitch.tv slash Zez. You can find all four lovely people here on the screen on Twitter using 
the ats that are on the screen, that being at ZiplockBob, at the Zazz, or at underscore the Zazz, at Michael J. Santel, and at Shaper of Stories. Lastly, we are on Bottle Rocket Gaming every Friday around 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when the videos go live. So if you miss part of the live stream, you can see on the VOD and watch the VOD. This is at youtube.com slash Gaming. You can also find us at podcast.com under the name Sequel Syndrome and on iTunes as well. Guys, <laughs> it's been a blast. Later. Thanks again, man. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Next time we'll have lunch. This has been fabulous. Let's do it again. <laughs>